Well, uh, I would say I've been active most of my life. Um, I was, I started out like I think a lot of people do is you start doing recreational sports as a young age. Um, and I really thrived at it and loved it. And it got me all the way up to getting a college scholarship um, for a track and cross country. And then I got in the working world, you know, when uh, graduate from college and mom and dad say, I'm not paying for anything anymore. So I had to do something. And once I got into the corporate world and started working that, you know, 60, 60 plus 70 hours a week, it was really hard to be able to do that and do the things that I loved as far as fitness and exercise. Welcome to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. This is a podcast designed to help you lead your life enthusiastically today, tomorrow, and every other day. I am your host, Ron Kaiser, positive health psychologist and coach, also author of Rejuvenating, the Art and Science of Growing Older with Enthusiasm. As listeners to the podcast know, my goal is to always present guests who lead their own lives with enthusiasm and from various perspectives are able to help us to become better versions of ourselves. And of course, one of the best ways to become best version of ourselves is to stay healthy, to stay active for absolutely as long as we can. This is not news to those of you who've been listening to me for a while, but we have a really special guest who can, you know, help us in this regard, give us all kinds of tips and ideas that can enable us to promote our health and well-being throughout the lifespan. Jerry Snyder is an author, entrepreneur, podcast host, coach, and athlete. Um, in 2016, Jerry opened All in Health and Wellness. Uh, with a focus on proper nutrition and sports performance. Uh, Jerry launched the Confidence Through Health podcast in 2019, which he continues to host. And um, that podcast is actually named after his first book, Confidence Through Health. Uh, since then, he's written a second book, No More Sugar Coating, which I kind of guess is has to do with sugar. Um, and, uh, you know, again, we've, we've learned a little bit about some of the dangers of too much sugar coating. Um, Jerry has served as uh, a coach in the track and field, cross country and football areas, and as an athlete, he competes nationally in masters um, over 40 uh, age range. Um, and although he doesn't necessarily look it, but uh, competes in those in uh, track and road race events. He consistently ranks in the top five or 20 in his age bracket, depending on the race distance. And he's actually achieved all-American status multiple times since 2017. So um, he has the credentials to help us <laughs> to become healthier and to become more active and become better versions of ourselves. And so, Jerry, it's such a pleasure to welcome you to Rejuvenating with Dr. Ron Kaiser. You're absolutely the kind of guest that like to have on the show and I'm looking forward to our conversation. 
Well, thank you so much, Ron, for having me on. And I, yeah, I do. I look forward to it. I hope I can provide some nuggets of, of uh, good wisdom and health for everybody. Great. And I was honored to be a guest on your podcast. Yeah. Glad to reciprocate at this time. Uh, so let me ask you, I mean, have you been active all your life? How have you gotten to take your, your career in this direction? Well, uh, I would say I've been active most of my life. Um, I was, I started out like, I think a lot of people do is you start doing recreational sports as a young age. Um, and I really thrived at it and loved it. And it got me all the way up to getting a college scholarship um for a track and cross country and then i got in the working world you know when uh graduate from college and mom and dad say you, i'm not paying for anything anymore so i had to do something and once i got into the corporate world and started working that you know 60 60 plus 70 hours a week it was really hard to be able to do that and do the things that i loved as far as fitness and exercise and I actually got away from it for several years where i didn't do anything and and gained some weight and uh wasn't taking care of my health and then i got a a, a knock on the door and um god said you you need to start taking care of yourself because your kids uh, we adopted both our kids i was 35 when we brought our our son home our youngest and it's, it's a little older to be having a, a newborn in the house and uh realized i couldn't get up off the ground as easily once he started getting active and uh, so I said, okay, well, I need to start taking care of myself a little bit better and getting back to what I know how to do. And, uh, that started, it, it blossomed into, you know, being my, bringing my passion back and bringing it into coaching other people how to do it, because it wasn't just me being an athlete all my life, but me being an athlete a little bit going off from it, doing sort of what the standard American does. After you graduate college, you start gaining weight, start losing abilities and, then I figured, oh, I, I need to get this back. And, and I've, I'm down 50 pounds from where I was uh, in the corporate world and uh, really enjoying being able to coach people on how to do it themselves. Well, that's great. It's also kind of reassuring for some of us who went through the same, the same path of uh, yeah. going through a, a time when it seemed like the most important things in the world were uh family and career and mm -hmm. hard to argue that they're important but you, you also have to carve out time for for health and fitness or right. else you're not going to have the ex one of the great experiences uh that i've had in my life is seeing our grandchildren grow up and mm -hmm. not everybody is able to do that not everybody is able to participate you know, actively with them. So I right. mean, there's a real incentive to do that. So yep. again, it's it's a little bit reassuring, even even though I commiserate with that those years when you when you put on that weight like like yep. we all do. Yep. Um now you uh call your uh, approach all in health and wellness, I mm -hmm. believe. And uh there are lots of uh Lots of people in your who operate in your space. Yes. Uh, what is there that's unique about you or that's kind of your trademark? Well, I think one of the things that's unique is that most people look at me or, or come to in, in contact with me and think, oh, this guy's gonna just throw a bunch of exercise at me because that's what that's what I do as far as my own personal. Um, 
But my first approach is if you're coming, if you've coming to me and you've got a health issue, um, the first thing we're going to do is look at your nutrition. You know, what's going on? Um, what are you eating? What's causing maybe some malfunctions uh, in your gut or, you know, um, you know, obesity is a, is a, it's running rampant in, in most of obesity can be tied to what you're eating. Um, sure. There's, there's stress levels and there's, there's other, there's other things that can also, you know, impact whether you're gaining weight or not. Um, but it, uh, most of it comes down to nutrition. And, and so I deal a lot with what are, what are we eating? What are we putting in our body? Um, and, and then looking at that and saying, okay, well, how can we make changes? Not just, you know, I, and I've said this before at it, it, it multiple speeches that I've given, and I've always have somebody come up to me and go, you know, I've never thought of it that way. I say, it's, it's not just about you because you, everybody hears, oh, we need to eat more vegetables, um, you know, or we need to eat more fruit or we need to eat more of the healthy things. But most people don't look at it and go, okay, well, then I, I, I need to make sure I replace the stuff that's bad that I'm eating. A lot of people look at it as, well, if I exercise a little bit, I can keep eating the bad stuff. Or if I eat some of the good stuff, I can keep eating the bad stuff. And it it doesn't work that way. You have to take the bad stuff out. Um, at least it, it, if it minimally, temporarily, you have to take it out. And then you can always add it back in, you know, in, in what the term I, I hate when people use it because nobody seems to know how to really approach it is moderation. Um, you know, nobody really knows what that means. But everybody likes to use it as a as a fallback to oh, but I only do it in moderation, um, and it, but actually learning what does that mean for you? How is how often can you eat this and still feel good um, versus staying in just a, a cyclical I feel bad all the time standpoint? Um, so what is it that uh, I mean? This may seem like a dumb question, but I I'm known for that, uh, but what is it with with all the information out there nowadays mm -hmm. um why do we have an obesity epidemic why do we have people um who just uh you know can't can't seem to get it right i mean mm -hmm. it's well i, I really have a two-part question one right is is the one that i just asked but you know uh, the second is, are there some guidelines with respect to eating that, uh, you know, I, I don't expect you to give us an entire course on it, but, you know, some general things that if somebody wants to begin to, to make some changes in that direction. Mm -hmm. Well, so the first question, why is it an issue is it, and, it, and, and I'm not trying to speak down to anybody about this or, or hopefully not make anybody feel bad, but it, as humans, we're inherently we, we want to be lazy. We want to take the easy road. We want to, there's, there's that part of all of us. Um, and so when we, when we, we want that as a piece of our life, but then, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that know I can make some money on some, with some cheap chemicals or something added to the food to make it easier to process and get it out there. And it's going to taste good. So they're going to want it more, um, and they've got the advertising dollars to be able to throw it in your face. So you see it all the time and, and you hear, oh, this will make you feel good, or this will make you do better. Um, you know, this'll, this'll carve your, your hunger for a little bit. Um, and so those two things combined, 
uh, when when it's not a healthy food, but the way it's marketed to us, and we're inherently have that lazy piece to us, it's like, oh, okay, well, the easy thing is just to stop into the drive-through and grab something on the way home um, versus getting home and saying, okay, well, the first step was I had to go to the grocery store to buy groceries. And the second step was, then, okay, I have to have time to prepare the groceries into a meal. And then I have to have time to sit down and have the meal. And then I have to clean the dishes up. And, you know, the, the, the easy piece is, okay, well, if I just grab this bag of food from the drive-through and get home and probably ate half of it on the way home and the other half as I get home and then just throw everything in the trash can. Um, as far as the, the waste products, like it's, it, that's a much easier way to do it um, as far as logistics, but it's definitely not a healthier way to do it. And, and that, that adds just, it, it just adds to the cycle that we can get into and makes it very easy for us to pack on weight without realizing it. Um, which goes into, you know, the, the piece of like, okay, well, if I have discipline and I understand what I want to achieve and I have discipline enough with my meals to prepare them and do all those things, and then discipline enough to say, okay, I, I want to maintain a healthy weight for this many years of my life or this many decades that I have left. Um, typically, those people, you don't see them as, as in the obese range um, because they not only do they have goals and goals are great, but they have the discipline to understand like what I do every day is going to actually get me there. I would think also, Again, only speaking for myself, but um, I think at some point the the discipline gets rewarded. In other mm -hmm. words, just like I'm sure you uh, uh, you know you felt better losing 50 pounds than right. you know. And, and I know, for example, when I went into uh, kind of a combination of of more regular exercise, doing yoga, uh, uh, eating help. I always ate fairly healthy, but eating a more disciplined, healthy mm -hmm. uh, ways that, you know, that, that generally you don't miss the old ways as much and right. in much the same way as uh, I guess uh, going to the gym seems really hard until you start doing it regularly, in which case, you know, you feel a lot worse not going than, than going on a regular. Right. Right. Very true. Um, and that's that discipline piece is, is, you know, it's, it's not just discipline to do the things that you know you need to do, but to not do the things that you know are going to be detrimental to you as well. And I think, and that's not just with, with nutrition, but you know, with anything in life, I mean, it's, it's very similar to, um, you know, finances, you know, if you want to save and have wealth at the end of your life, then, you know, you have to avoid the, the, the last minute purchases or the, you know, the things that, that, you know, oh, zero down. Oh, let me buy that. And, you know, it, when, when maybe you don't really need it and um, it's very similar in how those paths, you know, can track. So are there, you know, two or three general principles with respect to nutrition that, uh, you know, I know everybody's an individual, but right. two or three general things that we should be aware of? Well, I think one of the big things is that that, that people don't, you know, look at and, and think about is first, is it, which is a part of nutrition is hydration. And um, 
I've seen studies and in, in figures that it's any that estimates, of course, but it's anywhere from 50% to 80% of uh, Americans, at least, are dehydrated at any moment of the day. Um, and and that's not just because it's it's summertime where we are right now when we're recording this, and it's you know at least where I am in Texas, it's it's over 100 degrees right now. Um, it's not just because of that, because it's the same figure if it's in the dead of winter. And, and hydration plays a big part in our nutrition and how our, our, our blood flows, how our digestive system works, how we're able to actually get the nutrients we need to be able to have good cellular health. So I think that's, that's, that's a number one piece is making sure you're hydrated. Um, but two, I think one of the things that like, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's, it's a tried and true. It's a staple of life. It's something that, you know, all of our moms, our grandmothers, our, everybody that we've ever sat down to a home cooked meal with has told us, you know, eat your vegetables. Um, you know, in, in to have a, a, in, in this is a, a, a round figure. It's, it, it's going to be slightly different for everybody, of course, but to look at it from a standpoint of 80% plants, so your fruits, your nuts, your vegetables, and 20% from other sources. And I think if you can stay on that range, um, you've got a really good chance of fighting back obesity, fighting back chronic diseases. Um, and then as things pop up, that that ratio can change. Um, but but staying in that range. And then, and, and the other thing, of course, is, is avoiding the things that we all know are going to be detrimental to us, which is the, the processed sugar, the, the fried foods, um, and, and really like it, it, super high processed foods to begin with, you know, those things, we avoid those things, increase the plants and increase the, the, uh, hydration. And with those three things alone, it's, it's really hard to become obese, become unhealthy, uh, internally at least. So, uh, again, it's, there's a certain amount of uniqueness in terms of your emphasis on nutrition, but yeah. also as a coach and exercise specialist, uh, what, what are some of the things that make your, your program unique or that, uh, you focus on in particular? Well, I think one of the things that makes me really unique is because I've had some of my athletes that have trained with me through high school years and then gone on to college and, and they get their different, you know, routines or, or training programs from their college coaches. And, um, you know, and for instance, one that I've, that I'm working with right now, she's, she just graduated high school. She's getting ready to go play college soccer and her soccer coach sent her, her entire summer's workout, all 13 weeks. Here's what you do every week. Um, and, and, and that can work and that's a great, for some people, that's a great system, but I'm a lot more on a day-to-day -day basis of, I don't, I, I may have four or five work when I show up to, to train somebody or give them some workouts over the, the, the internet for a week, I may have four or five different variations of what's going to happen in my head. And then I sit down and say, okay, how do you feel today? How's your body feel today? You know, how did, how did the last workout, how did you recover from that? Um, because while there can be a set, this is the, this is the path, this is the trajectory. We're going to do this, this day, this, this day. And you could set everything up for three months or six months or 
however long as far as a training plan, uh, it doesn't always work because everybody's individual. Everybody's body's going to react differently. Um, you may have a cold one day that's going to set you back physically. Maybe you ate something wrong that's going to set you back physically. Or the flip side of it, maybe you had a really good workout and a really good couple of workouts and you're ready to progress a little bit faster than what's on paper. Um, and so I, I really do look at it and say, okay, how do you feel? We're going to go off of that today. And, and sometimes that even means when I'm training somebody in person, it, it means changing the workout right then and there in the middle of the workout. Like I tell them, here's what we're going to do, you know, beforehand, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And we get maybe a half of the way through it. And I'm like, no, we're changing this because your body's not reacting properly. And so, you know, an old school way of doing it was, you know, just coach yelling at you, whistles going off and like, oh, come on, keep up, keep up, keep up. And now we know like, okay, well, your body's not letting you do that for a reason. It's not always that your mind is saying, I'm lazy, I'm lazy, I'm too slow, I can't do it. You know, sometimes those things happen, but most of the time your body's just not capable of doing it. We can keep digging you into the dirt and keep hammering you and your recovery is going to take forever and all those things. Or we can say, oh, wait, we're 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 past the point of it getting anything good out of this. Now we got to back off and change up. So, well, it seems like uh, in addition to what you're doing, that the, the science of sport has uh changed a whole lot from mm -hmm. I know when uh, I'm much older than you but when I was uh, going through high school and participating and so on I mean there's certain principles that are almost laughable now we oh yeah uh, like we we're told never to really do any kind of weight training because that makes you muscle bound right um, and you know the even the the kind of warm-ups that we do I mean I I can think back at certain injuries that I've had and certain mm -hmm. muscle pulls and things that, that were really the result of, of not being adequately warmed up. Right. Um, so I guess the, the uh, question really are what, if we know all this, um, where does exercise, where should it fit into the, the normal person's, routine is it something that should be done on a daily basis does everybody need a trainer does right. everybody need a gym are there things that it, you can do what um what's the average guy who's not uh expecting to go to the olympics or into right sports post where, where does that fit in on a daily basis I think the 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 two biggest things is especially as we age and and we're thinking about decades and we, we look at the 50s we look at the 60s um the two biggest things that will help us not just from a our physical body standpoint but also they actually help us mentally is stretching and working on your balance um you know in in stretching I think is it's it's obviously you're you're becoming more flexible, you're keeping your body limber, you're able to move around and do things. Um, but the balance piece, especially as we age, that it it's surprising how many people don't realize that their balance is really that poor. And and that's, you know, one of the leading causes of of um hospital stays and you know rehab stays in in the elderly is broken hips, you know, broken, broken bones. And most of the time those are from 
simply just a slip and fall or I lost my balance and um, down I went. And, and granted, I'm sure there was, you know, some, maybe some poor nutrition that led to weaker bones or, or things like that, that that were a chronic issue, but just simply the balance piece. Um, and I think those two pieces, it, working on those on a daily basis are important. And then, but the other piece, as far as like, how often do I exercise? If, if you're somebody who is at a, a, a proper weight for yourself, right? If, if you're, if your goal is not at first, I have to lose some weight because I'm, I'm overweight or obese, but if you're at a healthy weight for your, for your body frame, then really it's a, it's just a matter of, uh, not even calling it exercise, but just moving your body. Um, you know, in, and really that can be, uh, uh, four or five days a week to going out and, and, and getting some activity for, for 30 minutes a day. Um, you know, more is better, uh, more to a point, you know, um, but if, if you wanted to do, you know, 30 minute walk around your neighborhood seven days a week, uh, as long, you know, when it's not raining or whatever, like, Hey, that's great. It, it's not going to hurt you. If, if you went into the, I'm going to walk for six hours a day, every day of the week, well, maybe we might have some, some, mm-hmm. some issues that crop up, but but really staying in that balance standpoint is, is really good enough. Now, if you, if you are overweight or obese, then you need to look at it maybe 45 minutes or an hour in, in maybe a little bit stronger of a walk. Um, so maybe you're not just walking leisurely and talking to somebody else, but you're getting to the point where it's hard to talk and have sen- hold sentences together. You can say a couple of words, but, um, that's a good gauge of like how active, how physical is my activity? Is it really working and doing anything good? Well, what you're suggesting really isn't, isn't hard or right. isn't the kind of thing that somebody has to, uh, you know, feel that they're doing something drastically different that, right. you know, because I mean, these, these are normal kinds of activities. How important yeah. is, uh, weight training or resistance training for the the average person it is important because it does it helps with the elasticity of the muscles and it helps with bone strength um so it is something that is important and but it's also something that it it doesn't necessarily have to be uh i like that you said resistance training because because weight training everybody automatically thinks of going to the gym lifting heavy muscles you know thinking of arnold schwarzenegger or something like that and 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 that's, it's funny because that's always one of the first questions I ask when somebody says they want to start working on their exercise. Or they, I'm like, okay, well, you have to realize when you come to me, you're not going to be this big muscle bound person. That's not the goal. The goal is just to build some muscle strength so that we can move the body around easily without getting injured. Um, and so that can look like, and a lot of times I, I, I will start off with people instead of push-ups off the ground, it's simple wall push-ups. So you're just getting muscle memory and, and you're getting muscle movement. It can become difficult. Um, and, you know, even just a, a, a regular stretching routine. I've, I've had clients that come to me that are, that, that are obese, that I give them just a basic stretching routine. I say basic because it's, it, it's just goes through all the different muscles. It's not anything elaborate. Um, but it, it takes about 15 minutes or so. And, and oftentimes they're like, I'm exhausted after that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a good indicator of how poor the overall health is, 
Um, but but getting to the point where it's just some basic body movement, body weight exercises, um, which is actually most of what I do. It, most of what I do is just apply for myself is just plyometrics. Um, and so I'm not using a lot of weights. I'm just using my body and using it in different ways, you know, with the ground. So it's good to hear. It's encouraging. What, um, I, I have a pretty broad age range among my listeners. Yeah. And I'm wondering if somebody is, uh, parent, uh, raising, raising young kids, uh, we talked about the obesity epidemic and unfortunately that's affecting a lot of, a lot of, uh, I, I guess from elementary school on mm-hmm. you're getting, uh, overweight and obese kids. Yeah. Um, what, if you're concerned about health as, as any parent should be, um, any general principles to kind of instill, you know, what we have kind of a, a love for uh, maintaining, you know, our health. Well, I think, you know, one of the things that, that and it shows in my kids um, is, you know, if, if your kids are young enough still, then being able to introduce the, the variety of fruits and vegetables in, and that's one of the things that I think is key when it comes to setting up a, a nutritious meal plan is not to not to look at it as necessarily meal by meal but look at it over the whole week and so over a week wanting to get a variety of of 40 different fruits and vegetables Hmm. um and so if you do that with kids you're going to find something they like like there's going to be something that they're going to be like okay i like that like um my kids love frozen peas um my kids will will eat blueberries over almost any dessert, um, but we introduced it early. And and one of the things that 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 can be, and I I and I understand this, and I say this from a standpoint that I understand that fruits and vegetables can be more expensive to keep fresh in the house. Um, but one of the things that we've told our kids is, we will never tell you no if you ask us for fruit. Like we'll never say no. So no matter what, if we just finished dinner and you say, hey, can I have an orange? Yes, you can have an orange. Um, if we just finished dinner and you say, hey, can I have a candy bar? No, you're not having a candy bar. Like, you know, but. So sometimes it comes back to bite us in the in the rear end because that my son has he's 12 now and he's come out of his bedroom at, you know, nine o'clock at night when he's supposed to be asleep. And he's like, I'm hungry. Can I have an apple? And I'm like, OK. Well, we said no, you know, we said we'd never say no, but okay, it's nine o'clock at night. Let's, let's talk about maybe some realistic here about like, but, you know, trying to guide them through that, but just, and, and it's not a reward system so much as a, Hey, if, if you're hungry, you're going to get something healthy and that's it. Um, And, and I think that's a big piece of how to get kids. It is expose them to a lot of different things. So that you can then find what they like. It may not be what you like, and that's okay. Um, you know, trying to force feed kids stuff that you like just because it's easy for you um, doesn't help them because then they may wind up just eating the the portion of the meal that te- that leans them more towards the you know I'm doing now sixty percent other products and forty percent meat or forty percent plants, and that's not the ratio that we need to have. 
the uh, uh, that's interesting. I, I have a wellness oriented physician, and uh, back when I uh, when I was trying to lose a few pounds before he said that's enough at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but I, one of the things he said with fruits and vegetables is you just can't eat enough of it to really gain weight that, that, uh, you know, that, so I, I can see where, you know, that can be really helpful if, if you get your kids to, to appreciate and enjoy certain fruits and vegetables. That, right. And then not saying no to them that for, for fruits and vegetables I hadn't, hadn't heard that, but that sounds like a great idea. Um, well, and it, like I said, it can it can come back to to bite you in the rear end because like my kids love mangoes. I I I am not a big fan of mangoes. My wife loves mangoes, and so I usually every time I go to the grocery store, I usually buy two mangoes. And my wife might go and like you know a day later or two days later, and she's like, "Where what happened to the mangoes?" I'm like, "Oh, the kids ate them." <laughs> like, <laughs> so sometimes it's it's it can be a detriment. Mm -hmm. And how about with respect to uh, exercise or activities? Uh, um, we, uh, when when we were growing up, at least in my time, uh, you know, pretty much all the the kids in the neighborhood, at least all the guys. Now, now a lot mm -hmm. of uh, women are are into sports, uh, but at least all the guys we we'd head to a park uh, whenever yeah. after school and on weekends. Uh, just a, a small park in the neighborhood where we had to create our own baseline or right. goalposts or stuff like that. Uh, but we we played all year round. Um, and as a result, most of us became okay at every sport. You know, right. people might find some that they specialized in. And if they played in high school, it was you know, maybe a three month period where they concentrated on that sport. Today, right. kids are getting, you know, very, very specialized, mm -hmm. which I think to some extent may be contributing to the obesity epidemic because unless you really are into it, like like my grandchildren who get great coaching and all that and, and practice most days if they don't have a hockey game. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, for, for a lot of people, if you're, if it's not your, your key interest, or if you've already been discouraged from, from going right. further, uh, you know, you don't have those options, which would seem to be great if you can then transfer it to going to the gym or exercising and mm -hmm. so on. Um, how do you encourage exercise among say non-athlete uh, children? Well, in, you know, you 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 mentioned something that's really um, a big debate is you know that specialized sport in in youth and and I'm against it. I I think kids need to be in multiple sports um, at least until later high school years because your body is going to be closer to being developed and and at that point if you really do have the ability to go on to get a college scholarship for that sport or something like that, then, okay, you know, now it's becoming more of a job because it's going to pay for college and that type of thing. Um, but, but the true youth sports, the kids need to be playing in multiple sports. Um, the focus needs to come off of like the travel ball and, 
and those kinds of things and and get back to okay well it, you know baseball season was three months and then we go into the summer and everybody just goes outside and plays in the park and whatever pickup game you have enough kids for you play and then you know the fall comes and there's there's football or volleyball for the girls and then winter there's basketball and soccer year round um so i think that that there is that piece of that that's missing in and when athletes get pegged into well this is my sport well then well well now they're not going out and just playing every other sport because they have to focus on that one and which which okay the athletes doing that but like you said the non-athlete who lives next door who now doesn't have a friend to go outside with and play with because that person is at you know the the batting cages or wherever they are for their sport um and so we do lose out on some community aspect of it and and for youth it's hard because it's not it, like as an adult you could say okay well i'm going to go find something i'm going to go find a a a intramural league in my city or um you know i can go start hiking or i can go to a gym and start doing other things and take more responsibility for yourself but as a as a, as a kid who maybe is home for the summer and you know maybe the parents work or one parent's still at home or, or working from home and they're like well nobody around the neighborhood's going out to play so what do i do um and you know it oftentimes and, and i see this with, with my son is is that you know like hey so and so can't play so and so can't play i'm just going to sit down and play on the xbox um and so what i do is i try and encourage them to to be outside to like go outside and play basketball we've got an above ground pool go swimming for a little bit and and really go back to similar to with the adults of like you're looking for 30 minutes of walking like kids oftentimes if they play they'll play pretty aggressively as far as their their heart and internal functions are concerned um and so they're going to get their heart rate going they're going to get active they're going to be moving around um and so again look at it as that like okay can i get 30 minutes to an hour of my kids being outside doing something or inside if they need to be inside because it's just too hot to be outside or whatever, but of activity where they're moving their body around. Um, can we get 30 minutes to an hour a day, most days of the week, then we're, we should be okay if we're doing that and eating properly. Yeah, that's good to know. And actually the NFL, I think is uh, promoting the, the 60 minutes a day for, mm -hmm. for youth. Um, yep in activity um obviously we're we're kindred spirits in many ways and i've been real interested in what you have to say and taking up a lot of your time without oh, no. getting to much about what you do so we just yeah. have a few minutes but first of all uh if you can tell us a little bit about how you spend your day is it you know do do people come to a facility to see you can mm -hmm. you do things online and so on and well why don't i let you answer that first before yeah. i ask the other so uh so actually i do it i do it both ways and and it's funny because i had the idea right when i got out of high of uh, college in the the mid 90s about what if i did an online coaching business and and if you remember back into the 90s, the internet was not very 
it it wasn't very big. It was it was awkward and clunky and um and and I had some friends that were like, oh, that'll never work. And and another friend that said, well, you have a business plan. I'm like, I don't know what a business plan is. My degree is in exercise physiology. I I don't have I I, I think I took two business classes. So I'm like, I don't you know. And they said, oh, that'll never work. You you have to, you have to have all these things. And, um. Well, then, of course, when I started my business, it, it, I I focused on putting a lot of it online. And so I, I do have a big portion of my business is for, for people all over the world. I've had I've had clients in Canada, in uh, Europe um, that I help with nutrition and exercise and just providing them plans. And sometimes it's over Zoom meetings and sometimes it's just through email or um, other connecting you know ways. Um, but then I also have my athletes that I train locally uh, that I'm help, you know, helping them get to achieve their, most of them are, lo- are looking for that avenue to get to a college scholarship, to be able to afford, um, to continue their sport and their love also having it, it, it pay for a chunk of college and, and help them in that way. So, um, locally means you're in, in central Texas. Yep. Um, yep. all right. Well, so, that leads to my next question is how do people find you? And also uh, uh, give us a brief rundown on your books and yeah. what they've got in there and where they can get them. So uh, both books are on Amazon um, and also on my website, allinhealthandwellness.com, which is a, a good way you can find uh, my podcast on there. Um, or you can go to confidencethroughhealth.com or you know, find it anywhere you're listening to podcasts, um, on any platform. Um, and then, but on social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook and, um, both of those are the tag is all in health and wellness. Um, I tried to, to, you know, it's funny because I was, when I was thinking, I, I can't even remember what the first name for my business was going to be when I first was thinking about, you know, what do I name it? And, um, I can't remember, but I remember looking it up and going, oh, somebody already has that. Okay. I have to think of something else. And, um, and, and the all in for me really stands from this, comes from the standpoint of, of the discipline that it takes to be able to get to where you want to be, that you have to have from a health standpoint, you, you really need to be all in with your goals and all in with understanding that like, this is, this, this is the one body I have. If I don't take care of it, I'm I'm not going to get another one. Um, and, and so that's where, you know, the books came from, the confidence through health, the first one. Um, it, it's really answering all the questions that I would get from people because I would I often get the same questions about like, okay, well, well, how much of this do I, am I supposed to eat or how much exercise am I? And so I put all that into, into the, the first book. And so it's, it's really a, a pretty good little uh, quick roadmap of where do I start? Um and then the other book, the the no more sugarcoating. It it is a it's a it's a play on words, in that um, you it is about nutrition. It is about how we need to not eat things that are covered in sugar, and we need to have some discipline about. Okay, it may taste good, but it's not good for me. Um, and the the play on words being like, okay, well, we need to do that with our lives as well. Sometimes, sometimes we we put sugarcoating on our lives and don't share who we really are with people um with given that whatever situation we're in we may not be authentic and how it it really does bring us better health and wellness 
when we're authentic with who we, with who we are to the people around us because that community that we have is and I'm sure as you know and your listeners know that community that you have as you get older is really what matters is it's not it's not just that you know you 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 had this material thing or that that job earlier in life it it becomes much more apparent that who you share life with is much more valuable to you definitely so and we'll have all this information in the show notes so people will know how to reach out to you how to get the books and so on and i am so appreciative of this wealth of information that you've been able to present for us uh i i knew you would jerry and uh, thank you uh, so looking forward to, to having this discussion with you i know that uh you know, the thing that we're all looking for is to, you know, really enhance our lives. And while there, there are various ways that you can do it, I think the cornerstone really has to be health and wellness. Yeah. Uh, and that really starts with the two things that you're emphasizing, the both the nutrition and the movement or exercise uh, right. that and we've learned there there are different ways of of getting there and that it's not that hard and right. i'm hopeful that that your presentation really uh, inspires a lot of people to take those steps if they haven't done so already yeah. they're not really large steps but they're really meaningful and right. uh again it's it's a lot a lot better growing older being well than it is to be sick and yeah. being taken care of and stuff like right. that. Um, right. And that that doesn't that doesn't happen without some effort, but it's right. and, and your key word of discipline. Right. But it's, it's not that hard and, and certainly not unpleasant once you get into it. So right. I really appreciate you jerry and appreciate your message to, to well, thank people. you so much ron for having me on and and i would just say that the one last thing to to for people is that you know if if you're worried or concerned about how to start or where to start just remember that it, it, it taking care of yourself allows you to take care of other people great so. great advice so that brings to the conclusion another episode of rejuvenating with dr ron kaiser our guest jerry snyder who uh is given us a wealth of information to enable us to become healthier throughout the lifespan and uh, hope that you enjoyed it enough to review and rate it and also tell your friends about listening to it. And then, as you know, our goal is to continually give you terrific guests who can be helpful to you becoming better versions of yourselves and living your lives with enthusiasm. So uh, be back next week and we'll have another great performance for you. Another great interview and some great recommendations in probably a little different area, but we're trying to build our roundedness as individuals and as a society uh, to make this world a better place by having better people in terms of, you know, their own overall health, well-being, social connections and connectedness and so on. And so until next time, everybody stay positive, stay safe, 
and we'll see you next time.